Hey guys, thanks for listening. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Recently, I had an opportunity to be on the Low Carb Hustle podcast with Nate Palmer. And Nate's one of those guys that, like myself, loves to learn from other people and share a great message. So I really feel this sense of kindred spirit when I have an opportunity to talk to people like Nate. I hope you enjoy the episode. Go check out the Low Carb Hustle podcast, give him a rating. And if you haven't done so, on Apple or Spotify, drop us a rating. It helps us significantly to grow the show, get our message out there and to impact people's lives. So I will love you forever if you do it to Apple and Spotify. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. Things in fitness and nutrition can feel confusing, nebulous. Everyone's got a different opinion. You're never really sure what you're supposed to be believing or doing. But if you take a step back and look at it from a macro perspective, it's cyclical. Everything that's old is becoming new, and then things are falling out of vogue, as we see on social media all the time. But that's what we're going to talk about with our next guest, Steve Cutler. Steve's been in the industry for over two decades. So between us, we've like 35 years of experience. We've seen some things happen. And Steve is going to help you cut out the first three or four steps that everyone goes through in their fitness journey so that you can start taking those steps to learn your body and get the results that you're looking for. So let's cut through some of the BS, talk about the evolution of fitness, and actually start you off in a place that's going to give you the impact that you're looking for. You're listening to the Low Carb Hustle, home of your million-dollar body method. My name is Nate Palmer, and I've been a coach since 2008 and have helped over 1,100 people transform their bodies. My mission is simple. I want to show you how to easily drop fat so you can feel lean, strong, and energetic. So if you're ready to shortcut your fitness learning process, stick around. Let's do this. Real quick though, before we get to the show, a lot of you have told me that one of the worst parts about going from skinny fat to lean and mean is figuring out what to eat. People are unsure of what to do. They go back and forth between extreme programs or they don't see progress week to week. One of the cheat codes though, to getting in the best shape of your life is having a framework for your nutrition, having something that's like training wheels until you develop an understanding of how nutrition impacts your body. And that's what I'm going to give you. It's my five-day fat loss and performance meal plan, something I've been working on for years and years, and I've used with hundreds of clients to help them drop up to 25 pounds in two months. And I just want you to have this at no cost to you. Go to thelowcarbhustle.com to get your copy dropped into your inbox today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you meal plans, recipes, grocery lists, and I'm going to teach your body how to start mobilizing that stored energy and burn your fat rather than just trying stuff out and seeing if it works or not and then being inevitably disappointed. Go to the lowcarbhustle.com and I'll put that link in the show notes as well if you're interested in dropping the last 30 pounds or going from skinny fat to lean and meat. I would like to change gears just slightly here because I want to take advantage of a bit of your expertise and having been in the industry for so long. What are some of the things that you have either seen that were kind of like popular early on in your career that people would not touch with a 10 foot pole now, or maybe that have even been cyclical, like that have fallen out of vogue and then are now back. Like, give me some perspective on the industry. Yeah. Well, I'd say there's a couple of them that I think are pretty interesting. The first one is when I got into the industry, everybody was talking a lot about meal timing, right? You've got to eat six meals a day, and that's the most important thing. And meal timing is everything, and that's going to be the key to burning body fat. And the more times you eat, the higher your metabolism is going to be. And you can't lose weight without this proper six to eight meals a day. And that was something that 
you know, fortunately in recent years has just fallen out of favor. And we look at mill timing in a different way. And I think one of the great things that I found and also learned from you was this idea of backloading your carbohydrates towards the end of the day. I find that works really good, right? But which is a mill timing or a, a nutrient timing piece. But the old school way of meal timing, I think, is something that it got a lot of popularity when I started in the business and even before. And fortunately, that has passed away and people understand that you know, you're not going to die if you're fasting or not eating until later in the afternoon or whatever. And if you're, you know, there's so many different ways that you can do things. And I think it's been nice to see certain dogmas just get blown away. And now we have multiple tools for achieving the same goal. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing that has been fascinating to me is I really had an amazing and unique opportunity where I had sat down at the beginning of my career and said, here are some of the people that I really look up to that I want to learn from. And two of the people on that list were former Mr. Olympias. So the very first Mr. Olympia, Larry Scott, was a gentleman that I looked up to and thought, you know, pretty fascinating guy, and I want to learn from him. And so I got an opportunity not only to meet and train with Larry, but he and I became friends. And when I had my radio show, I had him on as a regular guest to come on and talk about health and fitness. Larry was just this fascinating guy that would, he talked about the idea of the stretch reflex in the muscles and being able to get appropriate movement and different ranges of motion and that the way you move should be relative to what your body is. And he said to me something that I thought was really fascinating. He said, you know, Steve, God blessed me with very short collarbones. And the reason he did was because that made me figure out how to build great shoulders on people who can't build great shoulders. <laughs> and so I learned from him thing that has now come back around, where again, there are so many different ways to do things, but people are not just talking about strength training for one goal, but it's a multidisciplinary approach. Because if you look at those old school bodybuilders, you know, like Larry and Frank and Arnold, They were big, they were strong, but they were flexible. They could run. They weren't just a one-trick pony. And the other gentleman that I had the opportunity to train with was Frank Zane, who won the Olympia three times and, you know, by many is considered the iconic classic bodybuilder. And both Frank and Larry told me the same thing. When I said, if you could go back and do something different, what's the one thing you could do? And they both said, I would go back and train less, maybe the same intensity, but less so that I could continue to train the next day. So this is where that idea of the infinite game came into play. And I think now that's a trend that we're seeing come back in. You know, the old school guys, Steve Reeves, John Grimmick in the health and fitness, bodybuilding, Charles Atlas days, talked about vitality and energy. And then we just went to big muscle. And then we went to you know, yoga. And now we've got a more holistic approach. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the industry today. So they said they would go back and they would train less rather than doing these like two and a half hour, three hours, like slogs of high volume, just complete destruction. Yep. They'd cut that down so they could hit, you know, they could train with intensity multiple times per week rather than being like just beat up after three or four. Right. Right. Is that about right? Yeah. And just train, you know, train so that their joints were healthy and so that they didn't have as many injuries. I mean, both of them said, hey, look, we created the own in- our own injuries because we had overtrained. And if we listened to our body better, we wouldn't have had this injury. We wouldn't have had that injury. 
That is interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected that to be like one of the chief changes that they would make. How about you? What would you yeah, go back and change about if you could go back and tell your you know twenty year old self something? I think really just to listen to the intuition. You know, I find now that I've read a lot of stuff. I mean, I've given away. We used to have this massive library in my house, and you know, moved to a different house. I've got less bookshelves, and I counted one day, and I think I've had to give away about one hundred and fifty, two hundred books just because I don't have the space for them. And I'm talking about like textbooks, you know, anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, kinesiology, nutrition, you name it. And while that was really good, the one thing that I would go back and tell my younger self is take or pay more attention to your journal notes with how you feel. Because I knew certain foods were not agreeing with me as I was eating them, but I kept eating them because other people said I should. I knew that certain training methods weren't the best for me, but I would come back to them because experts said that that was what I should do. And now... And if you don't squat every day, you're a pussy. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't skip leg day and don't go... And you got to go heavy on this. And I mean, all that stupid shit. And I just... I wish I would go back and just say, hey, take notes. And which I did take notes, but listen more to the notes than what the quote unquote experts say, because you are the expert on your body. And that's probably the biggest wisdom or a bit of wisdom that, that I found is that nobody knows my body better than me. And I know exactly how I need to train in order to get results. I know exactly how I need to eat. And the best wisdom for that is my journals and my notebooks. I love that. I think that's important to remember for all of us. Like, even though you and I are experts, we've been doing this for a long time. You know, like when I have people working through the million dollar body program or doing low carb backloading, some people don't do as well on rice. They feel really bloated, which is a key Mm. piece that I, I help people like eat more rice potatoes at night. So they don't do well on rice. What do we do? We switch it out. They, now they're doing fruit or something else that feels better for them. So like, you know, no matter what, I feel like, you know, you go to a coach, you go to a trainer, you go to an expert it's never going to be the end all like, here's the exact path. Do this for the rest of your life. It's always going to be steps forward. So yeah. keeping that in mind and again, approaching it, like you said earlier on in the show with curiosity rather than judgment, that's how you continue to continue, keep moving forward and not getting stuck. And I feel like this exact same way when I was first starting off, if you didn't deadlift and then squat, you were with a barbell, then you weren't a man. And so I yeah. hurt myself yeah. dozens of times because I just never really fit with those exercises. They never felt good for me, but I did it anyways because I'm not a pussy. And right. I wish I hadn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get injured and problems come up and, and you find as you journal and you listen to your body and you listen to your soul, you find your path. You know, I mean, there's certain things in life. I just outside of like health and fitness that I wish I would have started earlier, but I'm glad I started. I mean, I think about like how many years did it take me to buy my first motorcycle? And then on my first ride on my motorcycle, I'm driving around. I'm looking at this beautiful scenery because I live in Utah and I'm right by the mountains and I'm thinking, why the hell did I wait? Why did I wait? Why did I let my fear of being on a motorcycle cause me to wait until my mid thirties to buy my first motorcycle? It's ridiculous. And you know, once if I would have listened to myself sooner and not what the quote unquote experts say, I would have had a lot more freedom sooner. So listen to yourself, listen to that intuition, make those wise choices. And I think that goes much further than listening to a quote unquote expert. And just to kind of extrapolate from that, on that point, you're saying a great way to develop that intuition is through the process of journaling. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think journaling is a great way. And, you know, journaling is different for everybody. Like I've got this little guy right here is my notebook that I take with me to the gym. And I journal what my workout is and how I felt. I've got a what I call my artist journal. And my artist journal is where I take that when I travel or I, you know, going, we're going away for the weekend. And with the artist journal, I sketch things, I draw notes, I, I write stuff out. I've got another journal that I have at home when I just need to brain dump stuff. So I don't think there's one or one right way to journal, but I think when you get your ideas or your thoughts down, it allows you to codify what they are. And now you can go back and look at them, right? So if you've codified it, now later on you can clarify and say, okay, I've got this idea. Well, I don't need to do that. You know, that's a dumb idea. But I have this idea that still resonates with me, and so I'm going to do that. And I think we learn a lot by having journals and going back and looking at them. Good advice. I have a lot of journals that I fill out, or I use a lot of yellow sheets of paper, but going back and looking at them, it's room for improvement for sure. Steve, looking at the industry, like the fitness industry, nutrition right now as a whole, what's something that you just roll your eyes at or you just wish would take its turn and eventually go die? I might get in trouble for this one, but... I wish you would, man. I grew up in a very dogmatic religious religion. And at a certain point, I, I knew that you know hardcore dogma was not for me. This hardcore rule-based way of living was not for me. And so you know, 16, 17 years ago, I stepped away from that religion and focused on living my life based on principles and you know, the things that I thought were most important in how we treat other people and to my wife, with myself, with God. I didn't want to go in through somebody else, right, through this religion. And what I found, though, is that nutrition is today what religion is and was in the history, right? If you're not doing this, then you're not purely keto. You know, you can't go buy the keto products because that's not pure keto. And these evangelists that are out there, pushing this dogma or people like I was having a conversation with somebody recently where we're talking about how to, you know, think through the dietary equation. And we're talking about calories and we're talking about macronutrients and why micronutrients are important and, you know, the basic science of it. And she looks at me, she goes, well, I don't worry about calories. I only just count my macros. I'm like, yeah, that's same thing. Because if you're counting your macronutrients, there's a caloric load there. Calories just energy. That's like saying, well, I don't worry about driving over to Nate's house. I don't worry how, how many miles that is. I just count my time. Well, it's the same thing. It's just a different way of looking at the distance, right? It's, the distance is still the distance. Calories are just a unit of measurement. And your macronutrients, you know, your time, it's just, it's the energy that it takes to get there. I'm like, that just makes no sense. So what I would love to see go away is this dogmatic approach of you have to be this way or you have to be that way because we've gotten into this point where it has become such a shaming culture if you don't eat a certain way. You know, like it's crazy. I tend to be low carb most of the year just because I eat. I find that that works well for my body. I'm All of my clients are not low carb, but I tend to be low carb most of the year. But then every once in a while when I'm at my favorite coffee shop and I'm grabbing the, you know, my favorite pastry, I think to myself, am I going to be judged for this if somebody walked in, you know? And 
my philosophy is that when you know what works for you, you can make conscious choice. And then you can know from conscious choice what the results and the ramifications are. And so if I choose to eat my favorite pastry with my favorite espresso every once in a while, and I know what the result is, that's my own choice. And so if I get kicked out of the keto community or I get kicked out of the low-carb community for doing that every once in a while, okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, I won't tell anyone. I'm going to get excommunicated free thing now. All nutrition religions. There you go. Thanks. This doesn't leave the circle of trust. No one's going to hear this. Good. Let's bury it. I won't even release it. <laughs> I love that. That's a good one. I was having a conversation with someone who was like, like when talking about it in a Facebook group, someone had posted was like, hey, is it okay if I have green beans? Is that too many carbs? And someone was like, well, they had six grams yeah. of carbs per cup of green beans. So I probably would avoid them. Yeah. I was like, get the hell out of here. How are right. we turning people off from green beans? We're missing the boat. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, you're right. it's a lot of dogma and nutrition right now. And I think if you just do what you'd said earlier, just figure out what works for you, try stuff, have a curiosity, and then follow yeah. up with your own yeah. intuition. It's a pretty good place to be, especially if you're taking that long-term approach and, and using that infinite game. So, man, this has been, I honestly didn't expect the episode to go this direction, yeah, well, but I'm super you. glad it did. This is really helpful, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Also, you have an amazing voice for radio. Like, you, if, I'm glad you said you have a radio show because I was like, this guy, I just need you to talk more. Can you record will, some stuff yes. for me and just like, yeah, like good play it on my phone? I had a friend that, so years and years ago, this was like a few years after I'd gotten into personal training, I had an opportunity to co-author a book with some of the founders of the American Association of Personal Trainers. And so we went on this little, you know, tour, they called it, essentially just going on radio or TV shows and calling in and being interviewed. And I got done with the first one. I went to my wife and I'm like, I want to do my own radio show. So I had a friend of mine that had a radio show. His was like a travel radio show. And I went to him and I said, hey, can you help me get a radio show? And he looks at me and says, well, you definitely have the face for radio. I think you've got the voice too. So we'll get you started. He goes, don't go into TV. You don't have the face for that. So, but you do have the face and the voice for radio. I said, thank you. Thank you. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did you show him your abs though? You're like, but I got the body though. So. Daddy needs to go on Baywatch. Oh man, Steve, that's funny. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna record some affirmations. So like, I am strong. I am. I am. Com- I'm a confident <laughs> man. So that's why I don't record my own affirmation. That's why I don't record I'm my own affirmations. I'm a confident so man. Like who's who's saying this shit? Turn this off. <laughs> I don't buy it. Steve, working it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm gonna have people clip this out. This I'm gonna play it. that over yes. and over again before I go to sleep. Man, it's happening. It's happening for me. This is my year, Steve. Thank you. Dude, thank you so much for being on the show. This is amazing. If you love hearing Steve talk and just hearing his voice and his expertise, you can go check out his Evolve podcast. It's on all the major platforms, right? But where else can people catch up with you, Steve? Yeah, a couple of places. Easy to find me. It's just Steve Cutler with an underscore at the end, and you'll see the face for radio on there. Or you can go to our website at evolve-cast.com. Evolve and then a hyphen and then cast. Yep, yep. Don't spell out hyphen. Don't spell out I made hyphen. that mistake. Yeah, you could try that, but you don't, might not. You do not want to end up on that website. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually never tried. I'll have to go try that now. <laughs> Steve, this is amazing. Thank you so much, Thank man. I'm, uh, I'm really, really excited for this one. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Before you close out of your podcast player, though, I wanted to make sure that you had a copy of the book that's been helping thousands of people get into great shape and sustain it. 
go to getnatesbook.com to access the million dollar body method. In that, I detail the seven daily activities that you need to be doing in order to make sure that you have great physical health long term. I'll also give you a 28 day plan so you can test this out on yourself. You don't have to take my word for it and see if the science of low carb backloading is right for you. Once again, go to getnatesbook.com to grab the million dollar body method on either Kindle or an ebook version. Of course, if you want the audible version or the hardback, it's on Amazon. So you can check it out there. Hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for tuning into the low carb hustle. And I'll talk to you very soon.